food today. We're talking about rice, which makes me really proud because one of the best dress-ups I ever made had to do with rice. Uh-huh. Um, I dressed up as a salmon nigiri for one of my work parties once. <laughs> yes. And um, not only did I look like a salmon nigiri, it was the most comfortable outfit I've ever worn. Um, how does one dress as a well, salmon nigiri? Okay. Well, I'll it, explain. Okay, yeah. well, what is a salmon nigiri as well so, for, for those of us playing along at home? So nigiri is a slice of raw fish with like a molded ball of rice underneath. Okay. So I was salmon in particular, which is an orange um, piece of fish. And then most sushi chefs put like a little bit of wasabi in between the rice and the fish. Mm-hmm. So to... Be a salmon nigiri. I wore this white dress, which was the rice. Mm-hmm. And then I bought two orange cushions and sewed them together and pinned them onto my back. And then I got a black scarf and like wrapped it around the middle of the cushion. So that was kind of like the nori. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it has a little bit of seaweed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a green ball of wool in my hair, which represented the wasabi. Um, so that was cool. But then the best part of the costume was basically you had a bed on your back. So when we went out after the party, like you could just, if you were tired, just kind of like lean against the wall or lean against like the floor, lie down technically. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was like basically a little comfy power nap, which is genius. Absolutely genius. So um, I'll stop talking my um, costumes up and let's talk rice. It's a big one, isn't it? Rice. Mm. I mean, it's the most eaten food in the world, isn't it? Or is it, is it just behind maize? Yeah, you know what? That would have been something better to talk about at the introduction <laughs> than like my own costume. Well, I feel like I, I researched this a long time ago, and I, I'll probably have to go back and 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 find out. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a staple food in the most populated countries in the world of China and India. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a big one. I'm feeling the the pressure of several billion people <laughs> who know more about rice than I do. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's talk about it for the next next twenty minutes or so. So you can't go to a restaurant these days without eating an ancient grain. Would I? Would you? Would you say that's correct? You, you say that resentfully. Do you <laughs> no, resent no, no, ancient no. grains? The other day I made a salad with farro in it uh-huh. um, from um, Smith Street Alimentari, and it was really, really good. But um, I also thought that it did look a lot like rice, and mm. I wondered why I was using farro instead of rice or some kind of other grain, che- cheaper grain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Ancient grains are stuff like farro, frica, quinoa, and amaranth, which aren't all technically grains, but they usually get lumped into the ancient grains category. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing these grains have in common is not just that they're ancient, that they're freaking expensive and hard to buy. (laughs) Yeah. So rice is old as hell, so I wondered if it was an ancient grain because that would save people a lot of hassle and money. Yeah. Do you already know if it is or not? No, I don't know. Okay, good. So to start off with, what the hell is an ancient grain? Yeah. So it refers to the type of grains that were used thousands of years ago that were only recently discovered by the West and they're still unchanged. So it's kind of the opposite of modern wheat, which is usually like heavily refined. And apparently ancient grains are better for us because um, because they're unchanged. They have more vitamins, minerals, fiber and protein than modern wheat um, because they're not processed or anything like that. Yep. So I know white rice wouldn't be an ancient grain because it's processed because all the the husk and the bran and the germ is removed. But what about other types of rice? What about them? Mm, well, I don't think brown rice classifies as one because that has something removed. 
So I looked up the internet and in a journal called Serial Chemistry, that, you know, serial like, not the podcast, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> which is a peer-reviewed grain science journal, they have an article called Wild Rice, both an ancient grain and a whole grain. And I couldn't access the article, so I'm just going to take that as the fact that it, wild rice is an ancient grain. It was in the headline, it was in the heading of the article, it it's, must be an ancient grain. It's peer-reviewed. Yeah. So, <laughs> Unlike um, this podcast, thank God. Um, and then I looked up how long we've been eating rice, which is since 2500, so how do you say the year, 2500 BC. And you can't really get more ancient than that. Well, no, I'm sure you could, but that's, that's pretty, pretty ancient. ancient. So we'll say, is rice an ancient grain, Emily? Wild rice is. Tick. <laughs> Only one sort. <laughs> the expensive kind. Yeah. So the more you pay for it, the more ancient it is, is that? And the shitter it tastes. So. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. And welcome to all our ancient grain loving <laughs> listeners. Hey, have you been to a wedding lately? I... Well, this sounds set up, but yes, I actually did go to one on the weekend. Did you? So did I. And I've got cool. another one this weekend. It wasn't the same. We weren't no. at the same wedding. Um, did anyone throw rice? No. No one threw rice. Yeah. No one threw anything. My mum's obsessed with confetti, but yeah, she wasn't there. So Yeah, so no confetti, no bubbles, no... Oh, no. Sometimes people Don't have bubbles. bubbles. Sometimes weird. people have uh, like uh, rose petals or kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Other uh, flower petals. No, there was nothing. Nothing at all. Um, well, the rice tradition is an, is an ancient tradition, speaking of an ancient grain, um, that it's, it's meant to shower the new couple with prosperity, fertility, and good fortune. And so traditionally, oats, grains, and dried corn were also used. And in France, wheat is still pref- preferred. So if you go to a French wedding, throw wheat, don't throw rice. As in the just the grain. bits of wheat. Yeah, just the grain, for, oh, like okay. wheat so, grain. So not like... You're okay. not, yeah, not like sort of... Cutting down okay. sort of, yeah. Definitely cut that bit out. Let's learn more about wheat. <laughs> we definitely need to do that. For the wheat episode. Okay. So, yeah, in France, wheat is what you throw. Wheat grain is what you throw at a wedding. But we don't do it anymore here. And what, why do you think we don't do it anymore? Um, probably an environmental thing. Well, one of the reasons is that it's slippery and dangerous. Oh, right. So if it's on, um, like, a cobbled path or a, a footpath uh, at the front of a church, for example, um, a lot of the churches don't want you to do it because it's a slipping hazard and you'll mm. be sued. And Lots of old people go to church. Yeah, yeah. And it'll, it'll bring down the Catholic church or something like <laughs> that. Um, but the other reason is that it's thought to kill birds. Oh, really? Musico. So um, the, the, the rumour or the, the myth, I guess, um, and I'll call it a myth because I'm about to bust it, is that rice... Uh, will it will be eaten by birds and then swell up in their stomachs and make them explode. So that's I, why we don't throw rice at weddings anymore. I thought that was Panadol in bread. Panadol is another bird myth that it will make uh, seagulls explode. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the Panadol episode though, <laughs> so I don't really know if that one's true. But I do know that the the myth or the the rumor of um of rice causing bird stomachs to explode, um has been around since at least the 1980s because in 1985, uh, a state representative from Connecticut in the U- US, uh, May S. Schmeidel, decided to do what uh, all politicians do, which is pass laws that are based on subjects 
that they know nothing about uh, while not bothering to do any real research. Um, so uh, May S. Schmeidel attempted to pass a law forbidding people from being able to throw rice at weddings to prevent injury and death of birds as a result of ingesting raw rice thrown at nuptials. Uh, and it was called uh, an act prohibiting the use of uncooked rice at nuptial affairs and the proposed penalty for breaking this law was a $50 fine. But a 2002 study uh, followed this up and they fed instant rice, so the most processed non-natural rice that you can find. So that's actually rice that's already been cooked and you basically add water to it and it swells up and um, is edible. But that would be the the kind of rice that if it was going to explode a pigeon, that's the kind of rice that would blow them up. They tested it on 40 to... 40 or 50 doves and pigeons, and it showed no ill effects. And as far as I can tell, that was a peer-reviewed study, unlike (laughs) my facts from this podcast, all ripped from the internet. So I've got a wedding this weekend. I'm going to throw rice all over the place, and if anyone says, hey, you're going to kill birds, I'm going to say, no, May S. Schmeidel, get back over there with your bubbles and your whatever confetti and your rose petals. I'm going to stick with rice. So what cereal did you eat as a kid? Uh, I've never really been a massive cereal person. Mm. I suppose I did some time with uh, cornflakes. Okay. I think I did some time with, I think I did some time with Cocoa Pops before, you know, it was a different time. Um, Emily, as you often <laughs> remind me, I'm a lot older than you. And parents didn't know that chocolate wasn't good for you as a breakfast food mm. in the uh, early 1980s. That didn't stop my parents because I had Milo cereal, Nutri-Grain and um, other various things in the back. Hey, yeah, it's got <laughs> corn, oats and wheat in it and uh, niacin. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you add milk, it has those yeah, nutrients. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I had Nutri-Grain, Milo cereal, mini wheats, and then I briefly dabbled in rice bubbles, mm. which is what I wanted to investigate today. So rice bubbles are known as rice krispies in other parts of the world, which mm. is I'm just going to say that because it relates to the next thing. So rice bubbles are not really cool. Would you agree? Like the packaging, I threw it away, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the three little L's. It's, yeah. it's like a bit lame. Snap, crackle and, yeah. pop. and pop. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've got something right here that will probably change your mind about rice bubbles. In 1963, the Rolling Stones recorded a song for a rice bubbles ad. Okay, well, let's take a listen. Wake up in the morning, there's a snap around the place. Wake up in the morning, there's a crackle in your face. Wake up in the morning, there's a pop that really says life. This is to you, and you, and you. For on the milk and listen to the snap that says it's nice. For on the milk and listen to the crackle of that rice. Get up in the morning to the pop that says it's rice. Hear them talking crisp. Rice Krispies. So it's pretty great. It's as far as jingles go. Yeah, for a rice bubble, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know why they reverted back to the characters after that ad. Like they could have just kept going with the Rolling Stones, I feel like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's their brand. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Snap, Crackle and Pop, yeah. it's Mick, Keith and Charlie. <laughs> um, okay, well, that wouldn't work because the Snap, Crackle and Pop are like the names of... Like the sound of um, the rice bubbles. What if Mick, Keith and Charlie had changed their names by deed poll to Snap, Crackle and Pop in a kind of... Yeah, okay, that might work. All right, sure. Um, But 
they're not just called snap, crackle and pop. In other parts of the world, they're called other things. So in Sweden, they're called piff, paff, puff. Yeah. In um, Mexico, they're called pim, pam, pum. No, that makes no sense. <laughs> in Finland, they're called ricks, racks, pox. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Dutch, piff, paff, poff. In Canadian French, crick, crack, crock. Yeah, you're still getting an onomatopoeic kind of thing. Okay, going well, on what there. about this one? In Germany, they're called nispa, naspa, naspa. Yeah, I feel like the N is too soft. Well, it's got a K in front of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah <what? laughs> so I thought I have some rice bubbles here, so I thought that I would pour the milk in and okay. then we can listen let's, to the sound let's and have a listen. people can make up their own minds okay. about what sounds most like it. So hold on while I get the. can't really hear it that well. No. I hope that people can maybe hear it a tiny bit. But I'm actually leaning towards one of the ones that starts with a P. Like piff, Because it sounds puff. like a f- popping noise. Yeah. So either Sweden, piff, paff, puff, or Dutch, piff, paff, poff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reckon they've got it. Yeah. Snap, crackle and pop is just, it's just too advertising mm. you know? Emily, are you a fan of... Australian Chinese food. Uh, what do you mean? You know, like lemon chicken or sweet and sour pork or, um, uh, you know, just that really, really... Like you get like, it from a food court in, a, in in the suburbs or you get it in a country town mm, when you're passing through. Not anymore. Like in high school, I was obsessed with honey chicken. Mm. But yeah, I don't really... Honey chicken. That was... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm a massive fan of fried rice. Where do you stand on fried rice? Mm, I don't like it when the pork's like in square chunks and is really bright red. That's the best bit. So, okay, we don't (laughs) see eye to eye on that. Well, I'm a fan of fried rice, but I'm not particularly a fan of fried rice syndrome. What's that? Well, it might sound delicious, but it's actually a form of food poisoning caused by Bacillus cereus, or cereus, a gram-positive rod-shaped aerobic motile beta-hemolytic bacterium commonly found in soil and food. Uh, and one of those foods is rice, where it can sit dormant in dried rice. Uh, and so if rice is sitting on your shelf, uh, it can actually live in that rice, in your rice canister for years, only to be uh, awoken by the soupy environment of a pot when the rice is cooked. Um, cooking also doesn't kill Bacillus cereus like, um, like a lot of uh, bacteria. Um, and the post-boiling temperature uh, provides the perfect atmosphere for it to grow. So at 30 degrees, it takes 8.6 to 10.3 hours for each of the little um, spores to increase uh, 1 million times. So it can grow very, very quickly in that, in that sort of 30-degree environment as, as rice is cooling down. So if you don't eat it straight away, you don't refrigerate it then fried rice syndrome can take hold. Uh, when it does, it causes vomiting or di- diarrhea or vomiting and diarrhea if you, <laughs> you know, take your pick. Um, most patients recover within 6 to 24 hours, but in some cases the toxin can be fatal, um, particularly in, in infants and, and older people. So um, it can be really, really dangerous. So why is it called fried rice syndrome, you ask? Because it is just a, a bacteria that lives in all sorts of foods. Well, it got its name 
in the 1970s when food standards aren't what they are today. Uh, typically, fried rice was made with yesterday's steamed rice that had probably been sitting on a bench top uh, at about 30 degrees, giving it time to uh, become nice and poisonous. And then it was made into fried rice, and then it would probably sit uh, in a bain-marie at a buffet for like another couple of hours, which meant that fried rice was the optimal food for carrying this bacteria, and hence the name fried rice syndrome. I would still eat fried rice any day of the week, despite the syndrome. You're really not selling it to me. Like I thought you'd... I thought I'd be a changed person after this, but no. Maybe I've just changed the fact that now you really, really don't like fried rice. Mm, I'll never order it. Eh, More for me. (laughs) In Japan, you can buy the best things in the whole world from convenience stores. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is onigiri or rice balls, which is basically like white rice formed into a triangle and often wrapped in seaweed, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're filled with salty and sour things Mm -hmm. that are delicious. But do you know what hashtag rice ball babies is? No. I feel like I'm on yes, yes, no on on reply all. (laughs) Um, Well, that's good because I thought you might because you have a kid, so you had like the perfect opportunity to do this the whole time, but you've just... Oh, it makes me angry. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, hashtag rice ball babies is a hugely popular meme in Japan. And basically, it's when people get their baby Mm -hmm. and put their hands in a triangle shape and squish it over the baby's face so all their features (laughs) like get squished into the middle and then they look like a really cute onigiri with a little face. Okay. So the first person to do this was Japanese comedian Masahiro Ehara and he tweeted a picture of his own kids in the rice ball um, triangle formation. So basically his kids are freaking cute. Like I'll show you a picture and I'll put a picture oh on God. the Instagram. Oh, because it it's does like, things with the cheeks. Yeah, it's so cute. And it really looks like a rice ball. And they can't even see. I mean, it's cruel, but well, also very, very adorable. Is it cruel? No. Because I showed Pat and he said it was cruel, but I said it's adorable and... Yeah, I don't, no, I just face, don't know anymore. Their faces are very, very, like, they're very rubbery things. Yeah. You can do lots of things to them before they're like, yeah. they don't have kneecaps when they're born. You know, babies don't have kneecaps. That's they terrifying. don't grow until they're about two. Don't. They've got a hole in their skull. You can do all sorts <laughs> of things to them. They're fine. So, okay, maybe don't do this to um, But yeah, it's like, it's really, really cute. And I don't think it's cruel. Um, And I think the reason that it took off in Japan is because, like, everything has a face and everything's cute. Like, bins have faces. Drinks have faces. Poo has faces. (laughs) Yeah. Emojis. Um, (laughs) So, they're, like, squishing their baby, who already has a face, Mm -hmm. into an onigiri. So, it has a face. It's It's genius. It's It's like meta. Yeah. It's cute inception. (laughs) (laughs) Let's stay in Asia because it's we're talking about rice and Mm -hmm. also... It's the best food in the world, let's face it. Um, have you ever ever eaten rice at a McDonald's, any kind of rice product at McDonald's in any um, of your travels? No. Mm, I don't think I have. I've seen it for sale in Indonesia and places like that because as McDonald's has globalised, it's taken on local cuisines such as the Macaws in Australia, oh um, which is a burger with beetroot in it, or the Makiwi in New Zealand, which is basically exactly the same burger as the Macaws, but they call it the Makiwi. Um, as they've pushed into Asia, they've adapted their menu 
um, to incorporate Asian dishes such as bubur ayam or like a chicken kind of porridgey dish in Indonesia or a paneer burger in India. Uh, uh, you know, they basically they don't um, have pork or beef in India at all. So they've changed their menu quite a lot as as they've sort of pushed into Asia. And in in Taiwan, they have the McRice, which is uh, essentially a copy of the rice burger invented by Japanese burger chain Moss Burger in oh, 1987. Yeah. So um, this is a burger which replaces the bun with two rice patties that hold the meat together. Um, you've, you've eaten these before? Yeah, but not from Moss Burger. I've had another imitation. Another imitation. But mm. it seems that, that it goes back to Moss Burger yeah. in 87. Um, so they sell that even now in Taiwan. They've sold it before in Japan. Um, and uh, it's been tried all over Asia to varying success. But and that one seems to be successful, but their forays into Asian cuisine have often been met with angry yawns. Um, a lot of like <laughs> unsuccessful in China, they they had sort of um, wraps and sort of Asian style wraps and, and rice based food there, which didn't go well. Um, and so essentially they've kind of rev- reverted back to their Western menu in, in those markets. But there may be an answer to their sort of lack of success with rice based products. Thanks to some food geniuses at a a news and pop culture site called Rocket News 24, which I can't quite figure out what it is. They're, I like their tagline, though, bringing you yesterday's news from Japan and Asia today, <laughs> um, where they have created something called McDonald's Miracle Steamed Rice or McMiracle Rice. They've included the recipe on their website, and we'll, we'll share this on our, on our platforms as well. So here are the steps. You take some rice, one to two cups. You put it in a rice cooker and... Uh, you make sure you wash the rice thoroughly. They tell you to do that for some reason. Then you add McDonald's French fries, cooked French fries. Just You've basically just bought a Happy Meal and brought it home. Okay. So you add some French fries and you place on top of, of, of the rice. And actually, you've got some water in here at this point as well in the rice cooker as well. So the fries will begin to absorb the water, but you will add Coca-Cola to compensate later so there's no need no. to add more. <laughs> Stay with me. Then you add a Big Mac. They say here that you can take Is off... Is this a joke? Just stay with me. You can take off the bottom bun because it will get soggy when it's sitting in the water. Of course. Uh, and then you add chicken nuggets. You no. sort of fan them around the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting on top of this the rice and water at this point. Then you pour in Coca-Cola Zero. They say be sure not to use regular Coca-Cola as it causes your McMiracle rice to turn out too sweet. Uh, they've also added the barbecue sauce from the nuggets, I should say. They've sort of scattered that over the top. And then you start the rice cooker and you cook it for as long as it takes to cook the rice. They've got half an hour on their rice cooker. Uh, and at the end, you have McMiracle rice. They say, before you dig in, check the buns to make sure they're not too soggy. If you've got soggy buns, take them out, put them in the fry pan and make some French toast. If your buns manage to keep relatively dry during the steaming process, you've got something to work with. Squeeze some more ketchup on for an even better taste. And then on the video that they've made of it, they just spoon out some and like some burger that they section off and it kind of falls apart at this point because it's been steaming for half an hour with rice. Uh, and the, the fries all mix in with the rice and the Coke makes it all kind of sweet. Mm. And they claim it's amazing. So McDonald's, this is what you're doing wrong in Asia. Get onto the McMiracle Rice bandwagon, thanks to Rocket News 24, and uh, hey, presto, success. Yeah, I reckon it actually sounds pretty good now that you've described the whole thing. Uh, it doesn't look good. The only bit I don't like is the Coke bit. I think that would be too sweet. But but there's a lot of salt in everything really else. It sounds really good. 
Yeah, so it sounds great. You're going to try this, aren't you? <laughs> I don't have a rice cooker. Well, I knew I needed one. <laughs> all right, well, Emily's getting a rice cooker for, for Christmas <laughs> and we'll, we'll let you know how we go with McMiracle Rice. So let's recap. Cool, so for round one, I um, found out whether rice was an ancient grain or not. And I explored why we throw wedding rice and uh, whether it makes birds explode. It doesn't. Hmm. And I looked into rice bubbles and the sounds they make. And I talked about fried rice syndrome. And then in round three, I talked about hashtag rice ball babies. And I talked about McMiracle rice, which might be amazing or might be disgusting. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> uh, so you can vote for whichever facts you found more interesting uh, via Instagram at our page, Ingridopedia. Uh, and also, if anybody wants to donate a rice cooker to Emily, um, <laughs> you can do so. Email us at... Uh, don't really do that. That's fine. No, she, she, it's, it's fine. I can probably buy one. I'll, look, cool. I'll, lend, I'll lend her mine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't we'll want yours. I'll buy one at school. Okay, fine. She's going to buy a rice cooker. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, all right, well, thanks for listening, anyway.